To me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world. Black people, outside and inside. For the sake of transparency, I wanted to let you all know why there wasn't an episode last week. I already had this idea in mind, but I decided against it and wanted to tackle the conversation of mental illness in communities of color and my own personal experiences with mental illness. I recorded part of the episode, but found it to not only be completely emotionally draining, but quite triggering for me. The point of the New Black Gospel is to craft and maintain a safe space for us. I learned that I needed to follow my own advice and take care of myself too. These last few days have been ones of recuperation and learning my own boundaries. There will be an episode about mental illness in a few weeks, but when I feel strong enough to do it. In college, I was an English major with a concentration in creative writing. Once, after handing in and receiving back my short story, my white professor, a broken sort of failed writer, pissed off that he hadn't written what he called the next great American novel, wrote at the top of my assignment, my grade, and the comment, be less like Faulkner and more like Hemingway. I didn't know how to process that comment emotionally or intellectually, didn't know what it meant exactly. I did know that my heart was full with implacable anger, an anger so deep it transformed in my heart and my mouth as rejection. I ran through the timeline of all of the rejections I had experienced prior, in writing and love and life, in creation and loss and quiet, in death and birth and observation. I jumped through hoops into and out of every rejection I'd ever understood. I ran through those rejections like they could somehow rebuild the particular criticism into a criticism I would create and justify for myself. After venting to a very close sister friend of mine, I was able to articulate the fundamental pain laced in my professor's words. I am neither Southern, nor am I trying to contribute to the Southern Gothic, nor am I an understated writer of the lost generation, nor am I a man, nor am I white, nor am I both of those things at the same time, nor am I here for recreating what has already been done. And up to that point, up until college, I wasn't here for my writing as a catalyst for the change I knew I needed. I was so caught up on the universal, a universal that was ultimately entrenched in whiteness. I got so caught up in the universality whiteness commands and demands to remain oppressive and alienating. I forgot the profundity of the specific, my specific, I forgot the golden rule my therapist imparts pretty much every week. The golden rule is comparing yourself to others is a quick route to dejection. 
It's always a losing battle when you compare yourself to others. I know now that I'm capable of producing work that is meaningful to me and my community. I will not once again fall into the pit of desperation of one who will never fully encapsulate the regurgitated and rancid remnants of already old dead white men and the living white men who consider the the legacy of their death more than their contributions to life. There are plenty of people here for them editors and eyes and the publishing industry. There are MFA programs for them. There are so many spaces for them, they don't see how there are so few spaces for writers of color, marginalized writers, queer writers, undocumented writers, writers so flat on the margins, whiteness will never see their unending beauty. But see, y'all, I'm not here for the whiteness of literature. I'm here for good work and my fellow marginalized family. I'm not here for the great white hope of an American novel. I have, too, and am banishing all of the memories whiteness in art that came before me and the people my professor told me I should parrot. I have a mantra now, a mantra like the ohm tattooed on my left wrist. The blank page doesn't equal white criticism. The blank page doesn't mean criticism outside of myself. I'm getting better at writing and writing without letting the first draft be the last draft. I'm no longer getting hyped up about the configuration that I forget I'm here to tell a raw, nerve-pinching story. The blank page is the sweetest love letter ever written to me, saying only, be good baby, and make the art that helps you love you. And in myself, being that brave, I'm loving everyone else. I am a servant. I'm totally okay with being a servant to those who have died and bled and walked and lived with the faint dream of their distant progeny. I'm forever indebted to the life my people cultivated so I can have courage, the tenacity to bring into existence some stories for the next generation. I wasn't always at this place. I used to be drowning in all of that white paper and all of those white stories and white rules and white examples. One of the greatest pitfalls for me was reading lists of writing do's and don'ts. A lot of those lists that get the most attention are the instructions of white men. One of the lists that sticks out in my mind is the 10 rules of writing by Jonathan Franzen. His rules are, one, the reader is a friend not an adversary, not a spectator. Two, fiction that isn't an author's personal adventure into the frightening or the unknown isn't worth writing for anything but money. Three, never use the word then as a conjunction. We have and for that purpose. Substituting then is the lazy or tone-deaf writer's non-solution to the problem of too many ands on the page. Four, write in the third person unless a really distinctive first person voice offers itself irresistibly. Five, when information becomes free and universally accessible, voluminous research for a novel is devalued along with it. Six, 
The most purely autobiographical fiction requires pure invention. Nobody ever wrote a more autobiographical story than the metamorphosis. Seven, you see more sitting still than chasing after. Eight, it's doubtful that anyone with an internet connection at his workplace is writing good fiction. Nine, interesting verbs are seldom very interesting. Ten, you have to love before you can be relentless. I have a bit of experience reading Franzen. I tried to read the corrections, but at about 80 pages in, it felt like phone wire double Dutch rope beating deep welts into my skin. Not to come for the man's life, or maybe I am coming for the man's life, I found his writing lacking in artistic courage, the characters merely paper cutouts of disturbing yet boring neuroses, and just plain tiring. I couldn't and can't for the life of me understand why he is the poster child of the publishing industry, or I know and don't want to speak that kind of knowing too loud. When I first read that list, I felt like I had been writing wrong. And prior to 2011, I was definitely writing wrong. All of my characters had no names and no defining physical characteristics. The characters lived in a New York that was alien to me. How is it possible to write about my home through the eyes of an outsider that doesn't see my home as my property, as an inextricable part of me? I wrote with layers and layers of masks. White masks. Grammatically correct masks. Tense kings and queens English masks. Removed masks. Self-loathing. Male. Layers and layers of hiding. And never my face. So this is how I interpret his list now. That damn problematic ass list. Let's start from the top. The reader is a friend. Sometimes the reader and audience is confrontational. Sometimes editors and publishing houses and agents and blurbs for books are confrontational and divisive and soul-shattering. The political climate of America is confrontational. It is deadly. A writer of these lands, lands of the ocean, my writing will be politicized as my body is. Regardless of whether or not I want it, my movements are political, my breathing is political, my love and my hatred and my music and my words are politicized to white folks as fear. So when I'm writing, I'm screaming, screw you to an industry that abides by rules that alienate writers like me. I'm here for me and mine, point blank, period. If that is confrontational for someone so entrenched in whiteness they cannot see that they too are collateral damage, then let it be as confrontational as hell. Two, sometimes fiction is terrifying because one has to explore the known. I have watched women of color break down telling truth of their every day. I hate the demand of writing away from what you know. Three, 
I'm really reticent to tell people how to use language. The beauty of language is that we can manipulate it to transfer our reality from our personal horizons into the sight lines of others. Telling someone else how to use their language because you're too frustrated to hear how they think is the most tremendous display of hubris. Four, write in the third person unless absolutely necessary. As a black woman, my voice is marred by my body. My voice is so relegated to the margins that I didn't really learn how to articulate my experience until I read Audre Lorde. I didn't know my tongue was made for speaking until another woman, another black woman, was able to coax me out of stifling fear. Black women are especially susceptible to a death cult's respectability politics. We are loud, thus con- We are quiet, thus weak and useless. We are beautiful enough for consumption and replication on a less black body, but yet we are not beautiful in our wholeness. Since figuring out that I could speak, I don't give a damn about what anyone thinks. I find that all of that silence has allowed for a lot of secret cataloging. I is the loudest proclamation of love and existence a black woman can make. Five, when your history is taken away from you, when your history has been wrangled into submission so deep it disappears, part of you, if not all of you, disappears too. I've disappeared. And I'm just learning how to feel okay with my sentience. My writing always requires research. I'm always looking for the truth stolen from me. Just because information is available doesn't mean that we all know where to start. Six, no one can ever write a more autobiographical story than The Metamorphosis. I'd suggest Mr. Franzen to read a couple more books. Seven, you see more sitting still than chasing. Being this black and this woman is a lifelong track meet. It's lifelong leg exercises. When I sit still, not in meditation, but in passivity, there's too much room for evil to get in. So keep moving, I tell myself. Keep interacting. Eight, an internet connection will never be powerful enough to strong arm the fire of a writer's desire. Nine, interesting verbs are seldom interesting if your work is not concerned with movement. When I read his work, the movement was slow, moving not with time, but with the assumption that I care enough about his clout as a writer that I could ignore the literary flair, or rather the lack thereof. Interesting verbs tell me where I'm at, where I'm going, and where I've been. 10. Love before one can be relentless? I'll admit, this one is vague, but I'd like to reword it a bit to make it more clear. You must love yourself relentlessly before you can write relentlessly about the love others possess. I know now, good writing is always intuitive. It is always motivated by the spirit of my heart listening to the hand claps of the universe. I know now that my art, 
My writing is always an exercise in analyzing what I know and what I need to know. Good writing is impactful because the reader can navigate the world I've created and, at best, the reader can see themselves as people, not characters. Good writing takes the slack out of the mundane and allows the everyday to sprawl as it should. Good writing feels the entire spectrum of emotion, and good writing looks like every day with a whole lot of chance in it, a whole lot of inspiration, a whole lot of cussing and fighting and battles to move through before a resolution or a death or a whisper. Good writing and good art is attainable by all of us if we listen to the unique essence we all have within us. I've been listening to myself recently. I've been hearing a lot of my voice and am no longer terrified by its pitches. I'm no longer scared to share. I'm no longer trying to live up to a whiteness that doesn't see me or mine. I let my lips smack now. I let my heart beat out and I practice and practice and practice until all of that noise is a cohesive, effusive thought. I wanna share something that my friend wrote. It kind of ties all of this together, and I hope that you guys really enjoy it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Desi Rose, D. Valentine, Desi the Most, inviting you to mind trip with me. Enjoy the flight. Similarities help us to relate, consume knowledge and jest, then regurgitate, educate, help someone else's mental elevate. What's at stake should have you vamping, nice that slate, can't only want some crumbs and you see a full plate, stand out, don't be a standing, trying to imitate actors, wait let me factor. Most want they book a life all great, skipping the bad chapters, break free your mental change, now let's make sure your own master, work hard now, then reap the seeds after, remember you a star even if they didn't cast it, don't give up when it seems like you're facing disaster, keep your head up, dream big, aim farther than that, and tell them up is where you're going if they ever ask you. Might be a little weight in that line, but trust when you get to the front, it will seem right on time. Gotta break free from all forms of negativity, whether it be thoughts of life or death, because both could be the death of we, the wealth and we, or lies in us separately. But collectively, we can't be stopped for a second. Be life treated so foul, fuck the referee. Time to get we old and not settle. Be damn, just don't get it. Seen so many hard times, like only we get it, like pockets empty, no chicken on your debit, so you paying with credit, credit, and more credit, world sitting on your shoulders and will tumble if you let it always away, but won't come to you, you gotta get it, so moments so painful can't be helped with anesthetics, moments you wish you put on paper just so you could shred it, burn the shredder too, take a sledgehammer too, drop it in the swimming pool and drop a bomb on that ship real cool, fed knowledge and scattered bits and pieces, have a struggle in the soft, life's puzzle pieces instead of doves, and us chucking up them deuces, we got 38s and 45s ready to shoot. Raising arms, not to embrace my brother, but to take another from his mother. And every time one of us pass, they just laugh. We subtract ourselves, to me that's bad math. Added up, great minds plus unity. That does sound like a real threat to me, but that's exactly who we gotta be. Putting neighbor back in front of hood. Building our communities, teaching the kids to the traps they could foresee and not get stuck in the workforce as an employee, but a boss that you have to talk to the secretary to see. But that's just me. Remember, be all you can be. The world is just to travel in your circles to see. Yeah. And always remember, keep loving health. And the best person to be is to be yourself. Now, that's real. Desi Rose, 216, man. Holla at me. We've come to the end of this episode. 
There will be another episode out on Tuesday, April 7th, and on Thursday at our regular time will be the second installment of Homeschool with Cooley Daggers and me. If you like what you hear, please, please, please like the Facebook page by searching for The New Black Gospel. Follow on Instagram and Twitter with the handle New Black Gospel. Now that the New Black Gospel is available in the iTunes podcast catalog, please search the App Store on your mobile device and download Apple's app Podcast if you use iOS or Pod Addict if you use Android. For Android, when prompted, please click Search the iTunes catalog. Then, using the search bar, search for the New Black Gospel and hit the subscribe button. Once you subscribe, all of the episodes of the New Black Gospel will be pushed to your device automatically. When you see the notification for a new episode, just press play. As always, thanks for tuning in and making these words our bond. Until next time, this is Gisellia Hughes of the New Black Gospel.